Okay, so welcome, Panina, you get a shout out. People like who listen, like in the background, they're like, hey, how come you don't give us any shout outs? Like people like message me on Spotify. I'm like, okay, I'll start, I'll start. Um, so really now as we're coming to an end, I, I feel like obviously a tremendous nechama. Like I'm like, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. But for those of you listening, my father was just nifter last week. And last Friday when I was sitting Shiva, um, obviously Golda's husband walks in and he's like, I'm here for the Tanya class. I'm not here for Shiva. I'm like, okay, great. So I know that like my father is definitely here and his presence is here and it's felt. And for those of you who came to Menachem and those of you who didn't, it's okay. Like I literally, like, I didn't even tell people I'm getting messages now. And I'm like, what was you supposed to do? Like I, I I put everything out there, but like this felt like I had to be like, like I messaged everybody in the group and I was saying like I was mute almost, but Rabbi Yassi was by the Kura and he told me like straight up, he's like, no, when you talk about your father, when you speak and do mitzvot and learn Torah and everything for his sake, you are creating a new like literal body for him that he needs to create. My kids were so concerned because my father the last few years was not walking well and he was in a wheelchair and everything that we're saying and doing and learning is helping create new eyes, new feet, new hands, new everything for him. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm gonna start talking. And I was like, Figgy, you really didn't need that cue like you would have talked anyway. But like it made it, it just gave it more meaning. So I, I felt that very much. Okay, so everybody's back. I know, and I missed this. Like I, I tell you, I was like crying last Friday. I'm like, I went down to my kitchen and I'm like, I usually put up my sourdough, I put up my challah, I'm like, chicken soup, everything's like boiling. And I went down and I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, last Friday, I was such a mess. What? There are five, right? Come sit. Um, and I was just like, I guess this is what Avelis is. Cause like I can't do all the things that I want to do and I'm not listening to music and I'm not like cooking and whatever, but you guys sent challah and sourdough and like everybody obviously was like, I, I felt it very much, but I really, really miss learning. And I'm like, okay, now I can start doing it. And now that I know that my father was learning it in yeshiva, like I found out like secretly, then it just makes it all that much better because I'm like, okay, he, he knew this stuff. So, okay, so we'll go with this. I know, I know you're new and it's your first time and it's okay, but we're not going to do a major recap because I want to get through these three chapters and they're probably one of the toughest concepts for me to teach. Some of these words are going to be so new to you. Um, like in the beginning, remember when we were talking about new words? So we're definitely is going to be a lot of like new concepts. So I like prepped with Paloma yesterday. She's like, hey, Figgy, maybe just in the beginning, just say like, let me talk first. None of this is going to make sense. And then it will develop. I'm so sorry. Um, Azrael, could you bring me bring some more cheers? I don't know, Dr. Hazen, off Shabbos this week? Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure. I was going to be like, bring your boys. I am. He could have liked me. He was. I'll sit nicely. I'm like, for two seconds. He's like, it's not that we're I'm so confused. I thought I had boys in high school, so I was like, oh, like high school. You want to bring it over there to that guy? I was like, oh, high school's off. But then he was like, all of a sudden, they're like, no, the entire school's off. I'm like, okay, it's basically the winter vacation. So it's really nice. Um, okay, everyone sit everywhere you want. Okay, so what we're going to do is these last few chapters are kind of like tying it together, like in a little nice bow. I felt like I was like at the end when I was listening, I was like, I felt like I was at a series finale, like when I was a kid and we used to watch, like, oh my god, this series finale of like Seventh Heaven or something, you know, like it was so sad and I would like think about it all night. You know what I'm talking about, like, right? Also some other shows there, but like it was a very sad feeling of like a series finale. Um, the closest thing to like a firm family it was like lots going on there there was like you know um but anyways so i was thinking how just like it wraps it up in a bow and it's like so comforting and it's it's just it's very big for me also so 
continue learning it and doing it all for the sake of my father and Yisrael Tzvi then Aaron David his neshama now I think I understand what it means a little bit more doing things in this world when we all we talk about is that the things that you do in this world going to affect the next world okay that was my introduction no chazara we're going to go straight into 51, 52, and 53 okay so it goes like this. It started off by saying that when we talk about Abenoni, when we talk about Tanya, what was the main thing that we were focusing on? If there was like one word or one area that we could take away from this book, what is it? You could take away a lot of things. I know, the one is running off. Like one what? Oh, the one thing. Okay, so think of one thing. What's one thing when you think of Abenoni? What do you think of? When you think of a person who's an in-betweener, like what comes to your mind? Like striving to be... Better. Starting to be better, but always, always working, always struggling, always moving, always doing. I think that as humans, like as people that we're alive and we're here in this world, we have to recognize that koach of a benoni. Because in the next world to come, there's, no, there's nobody like struggling anymore because there's no concealment. It's like everybody, it's like you're in the presence of the principle, so you're always going to be perfect. We only have struggles because of this world. So then it must be that struggle is a good thing, right? So if we take away one thing from a Benoni is that it's about action, it's about behavior, and it's about constantly working, right? We took a very big break for like eight chapters and we all we spoke about was meditations, meditations and like thoughts and emotions, right? But really bottom line, if we bring it back to like full circle, like who a Benoni is, as much as we were talking about like meditations and thinking about things, bottom line, a Benoni is about behavior, is about action. So at the end, it's like so nice because the Malatani like wraps it up and is like, oh, okay, so let's go back to actions. We spent like seven weeks, right, meditating and now we're going to go back to actions. Um, I do want to make like a public announcement and like thank you to Rabbi Sheistao because all of this learning is in his chos and everything that I'm learning is through him also like Rabbi Yassi but basically he says that the metaphor that we described and that's why I like lit the candle again even though my house had to get rid of that lamb chalant smell it's good but like waking up Friday morning to like a chalant smell I don't know it depends like do you like it do you not does it evoke like emotions you know I smell um, chicken soup when you I smell chicken it. soup oh yeah, yeah I didn't smell okay. any <laughs> So we went back to the beginning. We're going back to the, in those prokim. Remember we gave in uh, mashal, and trust me, I don't either remember, because like, I feel like I lost like a year of my life. But the wick was the body. Remember we said, if you look at a candle, so let's look at a candle. The wick is the actual body, okay? The fire is what? We said the fire is the, the godly, we, 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 oh, sorry, one second. Let's talk about the wick is the body. The oil, which is lighting it, is the fuel, and what's the fuel that we use? Oh, how do you remember that? I remember this from Hanukkah. I loved it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so wait. I did not even remember this. I was like, this was 17 chapters ago. So the wick is the, is the body. The fuel is the mitzvot that we use to do. And then the flame, we said we were, in, we were like a drop confused if it was the neshama, but we said the flame is the godly light, the presence of the shina that each person really contains within them. Okay, so let's do it again. We have a wick, which is your body. Okay, the flame, the fuel that you use to burn your body is through mitzvot. So we have to partake in mitzvot. And then when we partake in mitzvot, our, then all of a sudden a light comes down and it brings light to this world. Okay, is there, so menorah was obviously like an amazing example. For one second, let's just like bring ourselves to like the Beis HaMikdash, okay? So like, obviously we don't have a Beis HaMikdash now. And we have shuls, we have batimedrios. But let's for one second think about this concept the fire, the wick, and the flame in terms of the Beis HaMikdash, okay? I'm going to explain to you how we get there, okay? The, the whole Sefer Benonim is about learning how to use the fuel to activate your body, right? Because what's the whole point of our body? Inside of our body, we have, like, inner tor- turmoil. We have to, like, work things through, right? And then through the mitzvot, we get to bring Hashem to this world. 
Somebody give me a practical example. Through mitzvahs, you bring Hashem to this world. Shabbos. Shabbos. How? You literally bring in Shabbos with candles, right? But like the physical act of doing all those things, let's say on Friday or Thursday or whenever you do it, Thursday night or 10 minutes before Shabbos, that's actually bringing it in. So through your mitzvahs, through hachanas of Shabbos, you bring in a fire that lasts, right? And then that's why we light Havdalah candles also at the end of Shabbos, right? So this idea of, of understanding this with fire and flame, we're going to use right now. Okay, so then when he starts off in chapter, we'll start with, let's say, chapter 51. Okay, I'll go inside for like one second. Um, just to read like the first question and then we'll go edit it. Um, hold on. In 51, he starts off by asking this question. We know that there's a place, um, that there are all levels. Oh, so he starts like this. All the types and levels of love are mentioned all above these things. All these things that we were talking about, these emotions, that was one part of us. But we know that we have this action part of us that we need to activate. So he says like this. There's this idea that Hashem's presence rests in this world. Where does Hashem's presence rest in this world? Everywhere. Everywhere, right? Okay, thank you. So Hashem's presence rests everywhere. But is there a place that has more concentrated Hashem's presence? Your shul, your house. Your shul, your house, even more. Like the highest concentrated form of... In Yerushalayim. Where in Yerushalayim particularly? Where? The Kotel, but like even deeper, go further, closer, like warmer, warmer, warmer. Harbayas. Harbayas. <laughs> she knows it's hard. No, no, it's inside Yushalayim. We're getting warmer, right? Like we're playing hot and cold. More in Yushalayim. Where's Hashem's presence felt the most? Where's the most concentrated of Hashem's essence? We said Kosal. Why? Because what's in the Kosal? What? Kotal Gatam, because why? Why was the Kotal Gatam? There we go. She gets five points for the next test. Right? The Kotal Gatam. What do we know about the Kotal Gatam? What was inside the Kotal Gatam? Everything. The Luchos. What was the Luchos housed in? The Aron. And what was on top of the Aron? The Kruven, right? Okay, so we're doing like a little history class. We're going to go back a second. The, like just two weeks ago, right? I don't even know what parsha we're in, but like Hashem told us, make me a base of Mikdash and I will rest in it. There is a whole concept of building Mishkan. Why do we have to build a Mishkan? To house this concept of the Holy of Holies. To, con- to the concept of the Kosher Kedashim. Because like, if you would think about it, the, the way that Abshay's Taub, he gives a word, it's called, not personification, um, anthropomorphism, which I had to Google because I was like, I don't know what that is, but it means like giving godly features, giving human features to a God. Okay, so Hashem is our God. And we say that we, if you look at our body... Our body is a mini base mikdash. You know, we were told that, yeah. Oh, okay. You know how we were told when we were kids, like, oh, your body is a base mikdash, right? Like that's why you have to be tzniyas. No, no, no. Your body is a base mikdash because of this concept of anthropomorphism, because of this idea that when you see how you were created, you can understand how Hashem created. Hashem, you can understand Hashem by looking through our body. Okay. You know how we spoke about in the beginning when Hashem created this world? He created with ten spheres. He created. He. What do we say? There was like a word that we said that he un unfolded himself like a mishtashal right he unfolded himself so he is the way that right right tinsum but before tinsum he said this idea where hashem was was created with the ten spheres he unfolded himself and then created this world so we are similar to hashem there's this idea where if you look at the base mikdash the way that the base mikdash is set up if you would turn it like vertically it would be the human body okay 
Holy of Holies would be up here, right? Think about how the Kodesh Kodeshim was at the end, right? Kodesh Kodeshim was up here. The Mizbeach, the, like the Mizbechos, is that how you say it in plural? Were like over here. Think about what was happening on the Mizbeach. They would cut animals, and it says the blood would like drip all over the floor. I think about this all the time. I'm like, what was happening inside the piece of Mikdash? I did just hear that they were playing like supposedly reggae music there because they say ragua. I was like, now I know where Afikoma came from. Um, that there was, there was, there was like, I had Rabbi Shiwan got here for Shabbos and he was explaining this idea of like the Beis Hamikdash is a mini person. The Beis Hamikdash literally can be seen. The where like the menorah was placed and where the Mizbeach was, there was blood flowing throughout the Beis Hamikdash, like literally, like as they were like cutting carbonos and blood dripping. That's the blood that pumps through your body. That's the whole circulatory system. So the Beis Hamikdash is a mini human being. Okay, it's it's a it. And has anybody ever heard this concept? No, that's so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. I'm like talking like this, like this is normal. But I've heard, like, I guess. Okay. It's like a biology class. Think about the setup of how a human body is, right? What are the what's on top of our head, right? Which spheres are up here? Chachma bina das, right? Chabad. Okay. Well, we refer to it as chabad. Chachma bina das, right up here in your head, is all your intellectual emotions from your neck and below. What was it? The emotions, right? Chesed, Gvura, right? What? Seven the seven spheres. So we have three intellectual and seven emotional. Okay, let's go back all the way to the beginning, like Perak, I think Gimel or Dalit, right? So we have three intellectual, seven emotional. The three intellectual are what literally hold and carry the neshama, which could be confusing because you could think, what do you mean? Who, I, who do you think carries your neshama? Your heart. Your heart, right? But what do we learn in Tanya? Hamoach, that the brain rules over the heart no matter what in many different ways the brain rules over the heart in different ways the brain rules over the heart in the sense where you can curb what your heart wants and through impulse control control yourself we spoke about <laughs> take kitchen chair I'm like I didn't know this during the Leviathan my father my mother looks around she's like standing room only I'm like like, a little, like in the cutest way I'm like they just didn't set up enough chairs like you know um, so sorry about that I know they're so heavy, Shifra. You get it, like it's it's like you're lifting weights this morning. Um, so okay, so let's go, let's understand this idea. Sorry, I'm like saying it out there, but let's develop this idea of the heart rules over the brain, right? We said this so many times in time. What's the most important thing we know? That means that even if my heart desires something with my head, I can stop that thought. I could also not let that thought come into my head. Right? Remember that story of the person who came to somebody for Shabbos and he was knocking on his door and he's like, no, um, he didn't answer the door. And he was like, a whole Shabbos, nobody answered the door. He wanted to teach him this lesson that you can knock on the door, but I can choose not to let you in. A thought could come into my head and a feeling could come into my head, but I can choose not to act upon it. And that not acting upon it is Moach Shalat My brain rules over my heart. Another way to get my brain to rule over my heart is, what's the long way? What's 1617? Meditations, right, on, that's the slow method, right? So how does that meditation make my brain rule over my heart? When you think about, when you, the things that you think about are the things that you feel about, and you can think about positive things to create positive emotions. So we know from all these classes that your brain rules over your heart. So now let's put it into context with the Beis HaMikdash, and let's put it into context with how the world was created. The way the Hashem created this world was from top to bottom. Always, okay? But what's at bottom does not necessarily mean the lowest. Sometimes we confuse it. We think, oh, if you're on the bottom, you're the lowest. What's the lowest sphera in, in um, the emotions? The 
When you're on the lowest, you're also the closest, yes. Malchus, right? The concept of malchus. Think about it. Okay, the seven, so the three intellectual are Chachma Das. The seven emotional are Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, right? Your legs, your right leg is Hod, your left leg, no, your right leg is Netzach, your left leg is Hod, and then Malchus. Malchus is no body part, it's the culmination of all. Sometimes we refer to Malchus, According to Arizal, it calls it like which is the feminine, which is the mother, which carries everything. Malchus, right? Think of, think of a womb, okay? A womb that catches something, right? That's the concept of Malchus. It doesn't mean femininity. doesn't mean like a girl, because Davra Malch represents Malchus. So it could be an, a, a male could actually represent Malchus, but it's a feminine trait of catching things. So everything starts off up here and gets caught in the world of Malchus, the sphere of Malchus. It's not caught, it gets culminated. It's everything, it's most concentrated. Think about like a bottle of orange juice, right? The ones that have pulp, which I hate, and as a kid, my grandmother only made like, only bought that, or she used to make it from the concentrate. Do you remember that? Any of like older grandparents that used to make it from like, they used to buy like a frozen Frozen brick of it? Yeah, my grandmother, that's how she used to make like, great for smoothies. Yeah, it was so thick, it was like amazing. So the ones that have pulp, right? The pulp gets on the bottom. It's 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 the it's concentrated. It's a it's a fuller form, but it has everything within it. It's on the bottom. It's laying on the bottom. Okay. So now let's go back to the base of mikdash again. Sorry, I went very fast. The way that the base of mikdash was formed and the way that the mishkan was formed is that the holy of holies, which is the closest point of your connection, the most concentrated form of Hashem, then emanates from here to the rest of your body via digestive system, circulatory system, all the other bodily systems, everything starts off over here, okay? So that doesn't mean that your brain is more alive than your toe. Your toe is just as alive as your brain, but where does it begin? It begins in your brain. It starts off up here, okay? Now, the fact that it starts off up here, by the way, think of it like you're, we, we always say there's like this mysterious sphere that's not really one of the 10 spheres, but it could be switched out for another one. We say the first one, the top one over here, it could be Chachma, but another word for Chachma would be, anybody ever see like the diagrams? Yeah, it starts off with a kuf. It's what a king wears. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure if I even started this. Oh no, I didn't. Sorry, take that back. What is it? Kesser? So Malchus is the lowest, but it could also, is connect, Malchus is on the bottom. I shouldn't say the lowest. Malchus is on the bottom, but it's connected to Kesser. Because think about it, Malchus is... What does that mean? Kingship. And who wears a crown? A king, right? So it, it can be like, um, can be switched out, right? Is that true? I was looking. Yeah, but it also, if one level connects down to the next level. Right. We really so need to have a diagram here. Really you have one? I know. I'm like, I need a what? Today, I need a whiteboard. Today, I need a whiteboard because it's like a circle on top, which is your will, which is your kesser, which is everything, which is really above you. Because if you think about it, the only way that we can really connect to ourselves is connecting to our ratzon, okay? Rabbi Yossi actually has been teaching a Lukut Emiran share on Sundays, and he talks about the whole, this whole series. He's talking about creating your malchus, creating your kingship in this world, okay? In this world, malchus is how we manifest, but it all starts out over here, okay? So let's go back to the Yismaikdash. When Hashem created this world, he created this world from top to bottom. Chachma bin Adas. Everything starts up with Chabad, and then it flows into this world. Okay. Now, before this world was here, there were four different worlds, and these four worlds are still going on. This is where Paloma's like, hold on, teach this concept. And then I'm like, I don't know this concept. I don't understand it. I do know a song from Rabafshi Wai that talks about 
Anybody have the song? Hot Sea Love. Adam Kadmon. Yes! I know, oh, so oh, like, oh, he's obsessed. Oh, so Adam Katmon is really before. Then there's the world of Atsila, so it goes Atsilu. That's how I know it, just from the song. I don't know what it means. There's the world of Atsilas. Wait, one second. Who is on the trip now? He spent Shabbos here. He's going to North Woman next week. My husband wants to be with him right now. Go. Oh my gosh, he's incredible. He He's the one who told me that at the base of Mixer. They were playing reggae music. I was like, I got him. He's like, how does she know her? He's asking 100 questions. Because she's going to be like, oh my gosh. He's incredible. Okay. Happens to be his sister lives in North Woodmere, Esty Kruger, and yes. her son is like best friends with my son. So I'm always like, that was our only shyness with him. But he lives in Spas, and he, he has a song about these worlds, okay? So there's this world of Adam Kadmon, which we're not going into. Then there's the world, right? Adam Kadmon is the highest, right? Then there's Atsilos, which, which is, let's say, Oh Hashem. Then there's the world of Bria, Yitzira. Is it Bria first or Yitzira? This is how much I know about these worlds. There's, um, hold on one second, I have it. Sorry, I told you this was going to be a confusing one. Really, you could say anything in the world. Right, okay, no, no, no. no. I remember it now. My hint was Ayin Bays instead of Al So there's the world of Atsilas, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Okay, the only one that I can actually talk about is the world of Asiya because that's the world that we live in. Remember how we spoke about so many times that the way that Hashem created this world, it was thin curtains, right? This is like Shay's Tabs Marshall. Thin curtains that the more curtains you let you you rate let ah, the more curtains you rest upon the next curtain, the next curtain, the next curtain, it creates opacity. So it becomes very, very thick, it becomes becomes opaque. So you can't see. We live in a world where we literally can go all day without seeing Hashem if we wanted to. to. Okay? The only way that we interact in this world is with Asiya. But in the upper world, you see Hashem more clearly because there's less curtains. Okay? So imagine in the world of Atsilas, you could see Hashem. It's like the one thin curtain. I have this memory when I was a kid in my grandmother's apartment. All these like flashback memories are happening to me as like kids. Like, you know, like I'm remember, trying to remember my father. I'm trying to like recreate my father like before he was sick. But I remember this being in my grandmother's apartment. She had these curtains. She lived in the Lower East Side all around it. And there was one thin one. And then there was a thicker one. And then there was like a lace one that looked like a doily, you know? So I would like go behind one and I would like wrap myself in one. And then I would go to the other. And then my grandfather would come over and she would be like, get out of the curtain. I'm like, who needs these curtains? They smell like mothballs, you know? But like in my mind, like I keep thinking of those. Cur- I happen to have a cedar closet in my basement. And my kids are like, wow, it smells like Poppy Bell down there. I'm like, it's mothballs. Like that's what it is. Um, so Poppy Bell is the best. And this year she also be in her closet. I'm not saying that, but this idea where you, you the, the further away you are, if you're wrapped in the doily layer, you almost can't see anything. That's what it is, okay? So when it starts out up there, it starts out from the head. So everything, when Hashem wanted to create this world, it started with Chachma Binadas, and then he let it flow into all of the emotions, all, into all the other spheros, to culminate in the Malchus of Atzilos. Okay, so like this. Hashem created the world with Chachma Binadas, okay, with his intellect, with his will, in the world of Atsilas. He unfolded himself. He placed the what into this world. When we say Hashem's presence in that world, what, what, what Hebrew word? What word of Hashem? The Shekhinah, right? We always hear the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah, going back to Diktok, is that Zachar or Nekeva? It's Nekeva. So when Hashem wants to send himself into, Hashem wants his presence shown in this world, it always manifests itself in femininity. Because in that relationship, Hashem is seen as Zachar and we are seen as Nekevas, 
right? Like at Harsinai, we were all like the Kala. Even the men were the Kala. So the Shabbos mommies, like, we're all, everybody was that, right? I was always so confused when my kids were like, on the Shabbos side, they're like, you're a girl. So, but like, no, it doesn't matter what it is, you know? <laughs> that idea where Hashem coming into this world, he's Zachar, then we are Nakiva. So it goes from the Chachma of the world of Atzilas, which is the first world, and then he spreads his presence, and it culminates in the Malchus of Atzilas. Then, it, where does it go from the Machas of Atilas? It goes into the next world. Hashem is sending himself down into this world, but it's, there's stratospheres, there's atmospheres, there's layers, right? There's layers and layers to this world. So he goes from the Machas of, from Chabad of Atilas into the Machas of Atilas. Then it flows down from the Chabad, which is the Chachma Binadas of Bria, and then it culminates in the Machas of Bria. Then it goes from the Machas of Bria and it flows into the Chachma of Yitzira. And then it flows from there into the Chachma of Yitzir, and then it comes into this world via the Chachma of Asiya, and then it culminates in the, Asiya, in the Machas of Asiya. Hold this. Don't worry. This does not mean anything. In my mind, I'm just drawing those three lines. You know, and you just do three lines and then three lines. I said this before, and then it catches, and then at the end you make a little V. Do you know what I'm talking about? You made it on the side of your paper with little bubbles. So that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a chain. I'm seeing a flow. I don't understand what this means. I like, that was my disclaimer. I don't understand what this means, but Let's try to put it into context with the Beis HaMikdash, okay? When Hashem created this world, okay, He wanted a place down here. What's that called? Dear Beis HaMikdash, right? Hashem wanted a place down here in this world. When Hashem first asked us to build the first Beis HaMikdash, what was the first Beis HaMikdash era like? What was the world like during the first Beis HaMikdash? We discussed this one class. It was Nevuah. It was Nevuah. Well, how do we describe the first Beis HaMikdash? I was just having this conversation like with... Constant miracles, open miracles, nevuah, crazy wars, like larger than life stories, stories that we cannot wrap our minds around with, right? I'm learning Nachiomi now, so it's like goes into like detail, the crazy miracles that happened during the first base of Mikdash. And when we built the first base of Mikdash, then Hashem, what, in essence, what happened during that first base of Mikdash was Hashem went from the Machos of Atzilos, okay? He, he, he started off, Hashem is very far away from us. He started off in the Chabad, which, by the way, is your intellect, which is the Torah, okay? I'm going to give you a little, little spoiler alert. It's the Torah of the world of Atzilas. Spread down, went from the Malchus of Atzilas. And really, where should he go now? He should go into Bria, because he has to conceal himself. But during the first base of Mikdash, Hashem totally took the express train. Like, when you take the express train to the city and you don't have to go to Ronkonkoma and all those places, he went straight to Penn Station, don't transfer at Jamaica, and he went into the base of Mikdash into the Machas of Asiya immediately. And that's where it's spread all the way to the entire world. So think about it. It's basically the Machas of Atilas, which I don't know what that means, but it's very, very large, like, presence of Hashem, like a huge dose of Hashem that did not go through layers of concealment and just spread out in the first piece of Mikdash. And he just lit up the entire world. The first piece of Mikdash era, think about Shlomo HaMelech. That was the golden age of the Jewish people. Everybody was rich. Everybody was smart. Everybody a hundred wives. I, I don't know what that means. But like, it was like, that one, I'm like, let's bring that one back, right? I just found out that Shlomo had 700 wives. I was like, one second. But there was this concept where there was everything. It was flowing. It was pulsing with Hashem. You had a question. You didn't go to a doctor. You went to the Navi. There were Nevi'im walking around all day. There was Hogwarts schools for Nevi'im. There were people like learning Torah. It was the closest we could have gotten to Hashem. It's like the Queen of Sheba came to visit Shlomo Melch. Why is that? It's because the Malchus of Atzilus was emanating in this world via the world of Asiya, looking like it was natural, pretending it was natural, and it was totally not natural. It was supernatural. Okay? 
Then came the second base of period. What do we know in the second base of Was Hashem's presence still there? Yes, but not as much. Yes, but not as much. So what does that mean? What happened during the second base of Mikdash? What, what, like what miracle happened during the second base of Mikdash? Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah. Could you pair, can compare Hanukkah to like any degree of Pesach? Of like Pesach I associate with like first base of Mikdash era, right? Like literally like Mako splitting seas. Hanukkah was a miracle, right? There was a miracle. I'm not downplaying the miracle, but it was of the lowest miracles. Because it could have been natural. Obviously, the oil was supernatural, whatever. But, like, the level of Nevoah... Who was the last Navi? What? Daniel, right? And Daniel, when did Daniel live? Daniel was in Babel, right? Daniel was in Babel, and he prophesied about the second base of Mikdash. He already... That, right, that was like that... that Purim, the story of Purim was like the in-between the first base of Mikdash and second base of Mikdash, right? Think about it. Purim was... Purim was also like a little bit Hester because Purim was outside already of the first, of the first base of Mikdash era. Then we went to Hanukkah, which was even a little bit more of a natural time. That whole era, the second base of Mikdash, there was no Nevi'in. There was a, a, a fire. Think about I remember this story also. I'm, I can't verify it, but maybe Shafir, you would know this. Like, it says that like the Kohen Gadol would die every year on Yom Kippur. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, because yeah. they were in... They, they used to, like, pull him out, right? During the first base, I make, gosh, there was always... We were always forgiven. It was always... Sa'ir la'zazal, sa'ir la'chatas, things go, right? Like, I know you said I could say anything, but I'm not sure how much I could say. Um... The, that era, the second base of it wasn't as pure and it wasn't as clear because Hashem took every single stop. Hashem took the local train to the city. So Hashem went from the Chabad of Atzilas and settled in the Machas of Atzilas. <coughs> then he went from the Chabad of, of Bria and he settled in there. And he kept stopping and stopping and stopping. And because of all those stops, the presence of Hashem was still there, but it wasn't as concentrated and it wasn't as heavy and it wasn't as free-flowing, and it wasn't as miraculous as it because there was layers of concealment. We were behind many layers of the curtains. In this sense, we can understand a little bit about how this relates to us, okay? Think about us as a world, okay? Think about the way that we're created. Our, our body, our brain is not more alive than our toe, but why is our brain the headquarters? We're saying the Kodesh Shukadashim is not more holy than anything else. It's just a headquarters. Why was the Kodesh Shukadashim so important? What did it house that we knew that it was a more concentrated form? What was in there? The Shechina. Where was the Shechina resting and what seat was it resting? In the Kruvim, right? Inside the Arum. Remember we said in the beginning, you would think, oh, the Shechina, it goes into my Neshama. It goes into my soul. It goes right over here. We always think our Neshama is here. Guess what? We're learning now in Tanya that our Neshama is up here. That the soul power comes from here. Everything emanates from here. Hashem starts off over here. I always think about like the brain like pulsing, right? Don't touch the baby's head, right? You know, like it didn't close up. I'm like, what? Closing up? Like come out of the, you know, come out fully formed, but it's not. It's still there. And Hashem's willpower starts over here. It emanates over here. And then when the power, when the life force of our neshama goes into our eyes, it manifests as sight. And when Hashem's soul power goes into our ears, it manifests as hearing. And when the soul power comes through our body and goes down to our legs, it manifests as mobility. So it's all Hashem's power is within us. The question is, where is it concentrated? Where is it starting? Where is it flowing from? Where's the HQ? We call it the headquarters, right? When somebody loses so much oxygen, we say they're brain dead. What does that mean? Why do we say brain? We don't say toe dead. Like, okay, so you amputate your toe, right? Like, you know, but it's not because brain, the brain connotates something else. Inside the brain is all the will, all the zone, all the life forces there. The whole reason to live is in the brain, right? Like when we learn in like neurology, like 
I'm trying to remember which psych class it was. Like the neurotransmitters class, right? Like Biopsych. What? Biopsych. Bio yes, thank you. Biopsych, right? Um, we had the same teacher. No, didn't we? Internal? There was that one teacher who gave away all the answers. No, he, died. he died, right? Okay, I'm so sorry he died. But he taught about this concept of neurotransmitters, that a certain place when your body has to send messages for, it, for the brain to do everything, the brain knows everything. I don't know if the toe knows everything. I don't know if the fingers know everything. My, the life force of Hashem is presence in my fingers, but it's not like the brain knows. The brain knows everything. The brain knows send messages to the hand to but draw away from the fire. It's still connected. It's still connected, right. Sensory and also motor. I mean, right. Like neuroanatomy, neurophysiology. Now they're learning much more and more and more. Also, neuropsych. Like everything that's coming out in science now is this. Everything. Really. Everything. Yeah. You could come in. You don't have to like sit outside. I know. <laughs> Wait. Can you tell me more? Like in what sense? No. In terms like, of how the control of like all the different like. First of all, the different parts of the brain, and then also right. how it, I don't, there's, there's some healthcare professionals here, but, <laughs> um, no, the way that the brain and the brain. Everything is coming from the brain, right. Everything comes through there. And there's, right. there's a motor pathway and a sensory pathway, so to your pinky finger, right, or toe, or whatever, and it has to be connected in order for the brain. For to, the brain to go back, right. So, like one of the sad things about my father when he had Parkinson's, and my father was very smart, he diagnosed himself, he said that the brain just stops sending messages to your body to do things. I'm like, Ty, how do you figure out how to walk? Like, why are you shuffling? Like, pick up your foot. And he's like, those neurotransmitters got frayed. Like, they're not getting the messages from the brain. So it's a, ultimately, it's like with, everything comes from the brain. Okay, so now that we understand this a little bit more, this flow of it and how it culminates in malchus, even if we don't understand it, we'll just go with this concept one step further, okay? First piece of Eitoshu was so clear. We saw Hashem in everything because the Malchus of Atzilas was literally shining through this world, okay? But what do we know now? The second base of Eitoshu, it was here, but why was it less present? Why were there not as many Nevi'im? Because it had to go through stages and it went through layers and layers and layers, so it just took a little bit longer and then by the time it got to this world, it was with a little bit more of a natural twist, like, like, I can do things by myself. It's okay. First base of Mekdash, boom, Hashem is everywhere. That's why, by the way, the third base of Mekdash is going to be the ultimate because it's going to be the machas of Atzilas, but it's going to be able to catch all the things. So it's going to look natural, but it's not going to feel natural. It's going to be everything, right? That's why we're always diving for the base of Mekdash. Now let's think about it. Now that we know that the, the top, the, our brain, the Kodesh Kedashim, is the HQ, is the headquarters, let's understand this from a concept of our world, Okay. What do we know about our world right now, in 2024? What are we missing? A lot. We don't see anything. We don't see anything. Why? Why don't we see anything? Trillions of layers. Trillions of layers, okay? 100% trillions of layers. What else? What's even more so? What's even sadder? Navu is missing. Navu is missing, right? Even the saddest, like what we daven for on Tishbeth. Well, we don't have a base of right? So it's like everyone's like, he's so big, yeah, we don't have a base of Okay, we have the IDF, and like we have this. I'm like, that was I, the dwelling place. Duh, exactly. So what happens when there's no <laughs> dwelling place? He's working and can't rest. So what do we have to do? Right. What's the words? It's like all of a sudden it clicks. It's like I have no idea what thing you were just talking about for the last 35 minutes. But now it's like, oh my goodness, that resting place. It's not anywhere. It's something that we actually have to create. So it's like, oh my gosh, now all of Tanya just starts to make sense. 
instead of having a besamikdash, a place for it to rest, instead of having a machas for it to rest in, we now become machas. We now have to make ourselves the vessel. Okay? So what do we do have, though? What do we have? We don't have the base of Mikdash, but we have what? We have Tamidim Chachamim, 100%. Tefillah. The Torah. The Torah. What's the Torah? Torah is what? Chachma. Think about what's the vessel that catches the Malchus from the previous world. I know this makes no sense because I have no idea what this means, flowing vessels catching. But what? The Chachma. The Chachma always catches from the previous world, right? Hashem develops in Chachma, and then, I mean, developed this world through Chachma of Atzilas, went down to Machas, went then into the next world of Chachma, then went down all the way to Machas. Chachma, all the way down here. What's happening now without the Beis HaMikdash is that the Chachma of Atzilas goes into the Chachma of Bria, goes into the Chachma of, uh, of Yetzira, and then settles in the Chachma of this world, which is Asiya. Think about the difference between the first base of Mekdash and the second base of Mekdash. Besides the fact that there were miracles, the things that, the Torah that we were living, the world that we were living, and we said this a few times, the first base of Mekdash era was larger than life. It was Torah Shebech Sab. It was miracles. It was crazy stories with the Plishtim and Shimshon and bringing down pillars and wars being won and Kuzbi and Zimri killing people. Like it was, like I always say, like Lahavzal was like Game of Thrones. It was this different, larger than life era of being able to see Hashem in everything. And that was the Torah of that era was Torah Shabbat Shabbat And then we went into a world of Torah Shabbat And what did we say? We went into a world of Gemara, Rashi, Taisvus, Ramban, everything that you prep to go to seminary. Like I still remember I went to my seminary interview and like Rabbi Gazer was like, read the Malbim and tell me the three questions. And I'm like, I read it. I'm like, I looked up and I'm like, I don't even know one. Like, I don't know it. Like, this was too hard for me. Like, I haven't read Rashi letters in a very long time. Like, I forgot what that is. You ever try to read Rashi letters recently? It's like, whoa. No, it's like the letters are so different. But we live in a world of Torsha Baal We live in a world of, we said, we said this. Let's see who remembers this. This is like making me so nostalgic. We said this concept where like, in Hashkina Shura, like in, in this day and age, Ella Bedal Ramos shall. Hashem only rests in the four. Yes. What does that mean? It means that, like, let's say I remember both of you were saying, like, why I'm do like we getting have to like so happy? Now? I have like such nachas. Right. Like, why, why, do we, why do we have to like? Why do we have to learn Gemara about like these random things? Because obviously, if Hashem wants us to know it, then we have to be like, oh, we don't understand why we have to know about cows. But it's because Hashem put it for us there. That's like us feeling the presence of Hashem. That so had yes. So had that was so beautiful. Oh my gosh! Like how do I tap into Hashem if I don't have malchus? If I don't have a base of mikdash, what do I do? I have to go back to the chachma because Hashem is only going from chachma to chachma to chachma. He doesn't have anywhere to rest. Where does he rest? He rests in chachma. He rests in halacha. So we're saying, why do we need to have halacha Shabbos here? Why do we need to learn halacha? Okay, why do I need to learn about cows and like paying people back? It so doesn't even make sense. There's no, I don't have anything tangible for me to even think about it. I don't have cows. Nobody's stealing my cows. Nobody poked my, co- my cow's eye out. But why am I learning this? Because that's where the Shechina is. Right now, the Shechina doesn't have a house. So we save us, Suli Mikdash V'Shachanti V'Socham. Hashem said, make me a Mikdash. Why is there a whole separate mitzvah about building a Beis HaMikdash? There's no separate mitzvah on like how to make Shabbos in your house. 
like, okay, we are to put challahs in, whatever. We learn about the Beis HaMikdash like it's so real because we have to know for ourselves, we have to make ourselves a Beis HaMikdash. And until we make that self a Beis HaMikdash, where do we find Hashem? In the Chachma of every single world. So all in Halacha. All, that was the second era of the Beis HaMikdash. The whole Beis HaMikdash, the second era of Beis HaMikdash, second Beis HaMikdash, that whole era was a world of Halacha. It was a world where we got sent to Baba, where we wrote Talmud Babli, where we wrote Talmud Yerushalmi, Mishnayis, Rashi, Rashi, all these Tosfos, everything was during the Crusades. Like, what's happening here? The, the, like, literally, if you think about it, the world that we're living in is a very concealed world. But you can find Hashem in the Da'alam Sabalacha. You could find Hashem in Chabad, in Chachma Bin Adas. You could find it. Because we know, we know your brain rules over your heart. So we know that if I concentrate it here and I do everything I need to do up here, and if I make myself a cleat to catch it, then I'm good. Why are we good? Because now my body is a base of mikdash. Okay, now I understand why I have to just sneeze because my body's basically like that, right? Like, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it here, but like, I just had to. But this idea, it's so much deeper. It's so much deeper knowing that when you tap into creating your own machos, you then become a resting place. <coughs> and now let's bring it back to Tanya. Now let's go back full circle, okay? Let's talk about the fire and the oil and the wick. What did we say? What was the fuel? What was the fuel? The mitzvahs. What does fuel look like? What does oil look like? Oil, oil always represents what? Let's think Hanukkah. What does oil represent? Oil always rises. You make a salad dressing, you shake it up, poppy seeds and everything else falls to the bottom. Remember that poppy seed dressing? It was like that salad dressing that was going around, like strawberries. And also, like, everyone's like, you put poppy seeds in dressing? It was like, now it's like nutritional yeast. Like, now I have to put that in. But, like, back in the day, I remember big poppy seeds. And that would go to the bottom. And the oil goes to the top, right? You shake it, and then it doesn't matter. It always flows to the top. What the Hashmanam were trying to do, what were they trying to do? Diminish what? Our neshamas, our das, our chachma. Your chachma is the same thing as our chachma. I promise you. Your chachma, don't worry. Not misnagdim. What was the word? Um, misyavnim. Misyavnim. Right? Like, I was always like so confused. Like, people converted? Like, in that day? Like, you literally had to be samitash. Because they were just dumbing down our wisdom. Saying it's, your wisdom is the same thing as our wisdom. Your science is the same thing as our science. There's no Hashem. But we're like, no, 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 no. I found the oil. Not only did I find the oil, the oil miraculously lasted for eight days because we are supernatural. Everything in this world that's manifests from the spiritual world to the physical world manifests itself in the number seven. It starts out with three, right? It starts out with one, Kesar, and it comes into Chachma Bin Adas, and then it manifests itself in this world as seven, right? We said this a few times. Seven colors of the rainbow, seven continents, seven oceans, because there's like a sub-Atlantic, whatever, something like that. But all these ideas, right? Seven notes to music. Do, ra, mi, do, re, mi, so, la, ti, right? And then we say the eighth note, right? Eighth day, that's always, that their band is about Mashiach, because by Mashiach, it will go supernatural, which is eight, which is Hanukkah. So everything down here, seven, is emotional, is what you think, is what you see, is what you get. It's the world of Asiyah. If you don't have the world of Asiyah with Chachma, with 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 Chabad, then all you have is the world of Asiyah. You have the most, a world where you live on your own and you do anything. You could do whatever you want. But when you attach Chachma to it, when you take oil, oil is fuel. Okay, fuel. Think not just pretty smelling like a bougie perfume, you know, smell. Think like oil, like gas station, right? And that is what you use to run your car. What do you use to run your body? The wick is your body. What do you use? The fuel. What are, what's that fuel? Mitzvos, actions, the world of Asiya. This is where the Benoni is literally thriving in this world because he's like, oh, I'm going to be some Mikdash. Guess what? 
I have fuel and I can use that fuel. And the more I burn that fuel, the more Shekhinah I bring to this world. Remember? Let's go back to that mashal. The candle, the fire wasn't your nefshal kiss. That fire right now that's burning is the Shekhinah, is Hashem. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be lighting our side candles every day. I always make fun of my mother that she was always lighting <laughs> candles. <laughs> that's your house? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, if you're on Aaron Mandel status, you know, like every day is like, he just is like the, the yard side king. He knows everybody's yard side. This is yard side. Last time was no one else, right? It's a no one else yard side, right? Today's the no one else. And now I'm like, oh my God, I used to think my mother was crazy. She would pull up to my house when we first moved to North Carolina. She'd bring a hundred like yard side candles for Shavuos. Cause like, I'm like, ma, okay, I know you like Yisker. For Bobby, for Bobby Onion, for this one, for Feta Moshe, for this one. I'm like, like what's happening? Now my house is gonna be like, my whole table is just gonna be candles. Cause now I understand what it is. The wick is your body. The fuel is the mitzvahs, all the Torah, everything you're learning, the Chachma. The fuel is Chachma, think of that. This, this metaphor, the oil, think about <coughs> Shemen as being Chachma, right? They say like oil, olive, right? The Chachma of Yavan. Right? Yavan, why is that whole miracle about oil? Why are we eating donuts? Why are we frying everything in oil? Right? Because oil is chachma. Our chachma is not like your chachma. Our chachma is on top of us, above our emotions. Right? I always give that example of like animals. Their chachma, their chachma, bina, das, physical, everything emotional is one plane. Right? Animals, they walk horizontal. Humans, we stand upright. Our chachma, Right? We always say, that's, that's the bottom line of Tanya. So what do I do? I use those mitzvot in this world of Asiya to create a resting place for Hashem. There's an amazing story. What? Just do mitzvot. Just do mitzvot. I mean, like, everyone's like, thank you, Hashem, what are you doing? You drive down Rockway, turn right? Just do mitzvot. Mitzvot, mitzvot. What are we hocking you all day? Just do mitzvot. What's Chabad saying? Put on tefillin. Put on tefillin. It's a funny story. Um, I was telling my Revton from North River, Revton Weinberg, when she came to Nachmava, I was telling her about my father that at a certain point, like, he was, he was literally just a safe Torah. My father couldn't do anything. Like, I would say he was in the world of, he was going up to worlds of Atsilas, like, every day he was getting closer and closer. And at, literally, he was just a safe Torah. He was no, there was no guff anymore. He couldn't eat, he couldn't drink, he wasn't walking. And we would come and we wrapped fillin. And my boys would come, and like Ali Malach would go, and my brothers, everyone would take turns. Like at the end, like it's like, oh, did Tati put on tefillin yet? Like we were Zoha to be able to put on tefillin on it because we realized what it was. Happens to be my son was wrapping him, and my son's a lefty, and his aide was like, no, no, you're doing the wrong hand. I'm like, this is how Hasha the aides are. I picked him up at the Shiva house um, recently by, sorry, sorry, Zakatinsky, sorry, Schwartz, his mother was sitting Shiva, and they were talking about the aide the whole time. And I was like, too soon to ask. I'm like, my father needs an aide. And it was like, he just went from one tzaddik to another tzaddik. I was like, this Filipino guy, like he's, there's some, there's something in there, some klipas, you know, that he's like removing that we're getting to his neshama. And he said, you're putting on the wrong hand. And I was telling my representative, I'm like, at one point, I was like, I was thinking about, I want to learn how to do it. And she was like, Kifiki, we know you learned that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know we love Chava, you love Chava, but like, leave that to the men. Like, let <laughs> I was like, I just wanted to know like how more I could help him. But the idea of like the mitzvahs are fuel, right? That's what was keeping him alive. The more you wrapped him, the more I felt like he was alive. There's this story of um, the Baal Shem Tov, and I also don't understand the story because I did not know that we have roommates in Olam Haba. But Rabbi Yassi said it one Matzah Shabbos, stories of Sadiqim, that 
the Baal Shem Tov found out who his roommate was going to be in Shemayim, in the next world. Okay? So I was like, what? Like, how about his wife? Like, what's happening? I'm so confused. I'm like, tell me more. But, like, these stories don't need to make sense, you know? Um, and he traveled to, with, like, a few of, like, the Chavra, back of the wagon, the Baal Shem Tov. They went to, that's a new song. It's coming out next week, I think. Back of the wagon. That, like, when you're on the back of the wagon, the Baal Shem Tov, you don't have to worry about anything. You're just on his wagon. You're going. So he brought, like, some of the Chavra with him, and they went, and they traveled to the city, and they come to the house. And, like, in my mind, the way he described the story, I'm like, literally imagining like Hagrid, like behind there, he's this huge guy. Like the only thing that was like notable about him was that he was fat. Like he was huge. Like, and he was eating the whole time. And like the Bachanto was like, oh my goodness. And everyone's like looking around like, who is this guy? Like, what is he doing? He's making cakes and serving him food and like talking about food the whole time, like a real foodie. And he's so confused. And he's like, okay, one second, I, I gotta ask. And he's like, I know you're probably asking whatever. He's like, Listen, I found out that we're gonna be rooming together tell me a little bit about yourself so like I could understand this, you know? And he said, um, my father was like a very posh, very simple person. It's funny, my first thought was like, was he the guy who slept on a bench from two weeks ago? Remember that story? <laughs> I was like, maybe that was him. But he was like a very simple man and he literally, he ate nothing, he sat on the floor, he ate one slice of bread. I had one brother during Shiva, I don't know if you noticed, he was like sitting on the floor. I was like, I'm like, look, this is him. This is how he connects to Hashem. Like, his way, like, first I was, like, making fun. I'm like, he's too from for us. Like, you know, my mom's sitting on a couch. He's sitting on the floor. And I was like, my back hurts. He's like, my, my, you know. And I'm thinking, no, that's how he connects to Hashem. So this guy was saying that his father, the way that he connected to Hashem was he sat in shul all day and he had one slice of bread and he would drink water and he would sleep on the floor. And that was it. And one day the Cossacks came in and they were just, like, literally, like, it's very sad because, like, I could think, we, we, can, we don't have to imagine the Cossacks anymore. Like, whatever Hamas did, like, the way that they just let the people out to go kill people, like, this is, this is what they would do. The Cossacks would get drunk, and they were like, hey, let's go kill a Jew. And they came in to the base manager, and everybody saw, and he ran away. They ran away, and he was simple, and he was sitting on the floor, and he was learning, and he missed it. And they said the Cossacks came, they picked him up, they brought him out to the street, put him, wrapped him to the stake, and lit him on fire. And he's like, my father died in, like, a matter of seconds, and I watched it. And he's like, and because of that, when they come for me, I'm going to burn for a long time. <laughs> I was like so, I was like horrified when I heard the story. I was like, oh my God. It's like Rashid's tab was like, don't try this at home. Like, you know, like when you talk, you talk to your kids about healthy eating, whatever. But it's so, it's so simple because he was so passionate and he was so simple. The Baal Shem Tov understood right away. Like it only works when you're a simpleton. It only works when you're mommish doing this for Emma's. He saw his, his physicality as spirituality. He saw his literal fatness, like his literal oil as his body, which we always think like your animal soul is like the worst thing in the world. And like, oh my gosh, stay away from it. Sleep on the floor. And you know, and even you like fight with him. You're like, why do I have these urges to go shopping? I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to figure this out during Avelis. Like, how do I not go shopping during Avelis? I don't know. Like, you know, I know. My daughter's like, don't worry. No, I'll take you shopping. I'll buy stuff. Oh, I'm like, I'll go thrift shopping for her. I'll go shopping. I was like, I'm I happen to love vintage shopping. So I thought about that for a second. I can still buy shoes? Yeah. Okay, fine. So shoes are good. Shoes and sunglasses. It doesn't matter. Like, you could always, like, I was like, I'm all about the accessories, you know? So I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so this idea where everything that we thought that the, the, that the Nefesh Bahamas was bad, this guy is saying, no, the opposite. I'm literally using it as fuel. I am able to live my life through, through, my, through my physicality. 
So it's for me, it's like the ultimate. I mean, I, I guess we'll just end with this because that is the idea of Tanya. That's what it's teaching us. It's teaching us that we don't have a base of We don't have anywhere else to do, and we don't have anywhere else to go. We we go and we yearn and we stand by the base of Mikdash and we cry and we dive and we ask for the base of Mikdash to be rebuilt. Why? Because we want Hashem's presence to have a place to rest. But until then. Don't be discouraged. Don't be sad. This is our Avodah right now. Like you, Asuli Mikdash, you with your own machas, with your own house, with your own Shabbos table, with all the mitzvahs that you do, you are bringing Hashem. By learning Torah, you're, you're, you're making a house for Hashem. You're finding him in Halacha. Hashem is only now in the Chabad. In order to draw him down, which by the way, should be easier for us because it's a feminine thing. And this is why we're always like, women are more spiritual. Why? Why are we more spiritual? Because we're connected much more to our machas. We're able to draw that down. We're used to being recipients. We are, we are receiving. So for us, it's easier for us to make a little space for Hashem. We literally physically have a womb. We're like, okay, Hashem, you could rest right over here. Or, according to Tana, say, Hashem, you could rest over here. My brain will rule over my heart no matter what, always. Right now, Hashem only rests in the brain, and that's where it is. Is that like a nice little bowl? I was like so happy. I was like smiling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like comforting. Okay, I'm going to end this here. Um... Thank you so much. Um